This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Consignment Heroes, heard Sunday afternoons at 1 on Zoomer Radio. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Consignment Heroes, Heard Sunday afternoons at 1 on Zoomer Radio. How to sell your stuff. How to get rid of stuff. Paul Kenny and his son Bogart from Storage Wars Canada are about to unlock the secrets to stuff on Zoomer Radio. What sort of value do they put on your stuff? That depends on how well you sell it. As we begin taking your calls on Consignment Heroes... The one-hour phone-in show, all about stuff. Good afternoon. We are live and our phone lines are open. If you have a rare or interesting item or a collection of something that you'd like a real-time market assessment of, you can give us a phone call right now. Our local number is 416-360-0740. That's 416-360-0740. If you're out of town, it's toll-free at 1-866-740-4740. That's 1-866-740-4740. Whether you have gold, silver, fine china, figurines, sports cards, or memorabilia, maybe an antique TV, radio, record player, anything you might have lying around the house, maybe an old heirloom, you're curious about its real-time market value, you can have two experts. Tell you what it's worth. You know them from Storage Wars Canada and A&E's Northern Treasures, Paul Kenny and his son Bogart Kenny. How are you guys? How was the week? Great. Fantastic. And this week coming up is even going to be greater, okay? Like, I want, you know how I always talk about getting, uh, comparing your prices? Get a second quote. Ad nauseum, yes. Ad nauseum. Okay, okay, but I'm actually going to go on about it again today. We have a special guest in a couple minutes. I'm going to be talking to him in London, in London, Ontario. This week, I'm down in London, and I see one of these glossy flyers. And everyone's gotten them in their houses. It's got the hockey player on the front. It's, we buy gold. We're buying this. We're buying that. And I'm looking at it, and I says, I'm looking at the prices they do quote. And I says, I would pay more than everything I've seen on here. Everything. I mean, I can actually guarantee that I would pay more. And I said this to my friend down in London, London Gold Buyer. We're going to have him on the phone in a minute here. And I says, I would pay more than this and this and this. And I said, and even the other stuff, they don't even have prices, just got glossy pictures. And he says, how are you going? No, what you're, what you're selling yeah, to Yeah, but it looks good. And it you'll probably get your money out of it. No, no, but I can see that. I can see people getting fooled by this. But in the bottom it says, we do not appraise items over the phone. That means they will not give you prices over the phone. Okay? Mm. And I actually disagree with that. If you're, if you're not trying to rip someone, I shouldn't say, if you're going to be fair with someone, you're going to be telling what the price is over the phone. You're, you're proud of your prices. Well, it's because they can get away. If they don't like the price, they can just yeah. walk away. They and they say they're only there for four days. Okay? And like I say, why would someone go? Why do people bring this stuff to these people? And I understand a lot of people bring, them to, bring their stuff to them. And I says, everything I'm looking at here, and I'm looking at the hockey cards, yes, I would pay that in a heartbeat for this. I would pay that. For these bills, I would pay that for these bills. There's bills on here. It's all nice and glossy for, glossy and nice pictures, but I digress. What I'm going to do this week, next week, next Saturday, I'm going to be down in London at 475 Highbury Avenue with my friends the, Daniel at the London Gold Buyer Shop. Okay. What are you going to do there? 
Well, I'm going to be helping with it because he does gold and silver. We're going to have him on the phone in a second. But the other stuff that's on here, like the hockey cards, the comic books, the, uh, the bills, the military uniforms, the advertising signs, the baseball cards. I think he's got 52 mantle on here. The one just sold for a million dollars. Well, they're paying 100000 You know, that's what 100000 sounds like a lot unless something's worth a million dollars. So, mm. but – have we got Daniel Daniel there? Let's talk to Daniel for a second. Yeah, I'm here. Hi, Daniel. How are you doing? Good afternoon, guys. I'm doing great. Yeah, hey. now, I've been down your shop a lot of times down. You've got a really nice operation. I already said the address at 475 uh, Highbury Avenue. That's between Hamilton Road and Dundas on Highbury for the people right. in local. And you, But you serve a larger area. And I'm going to say, because... I'm talking about this flyer. Remember the one I picked out of your office the other yep, day? I've got one in front of me. I got one to my own house as well. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> so, Does everybody have these? I don't have one of these. Here, here's <laughs> one, Bogart. Bogart. Racket. <laughs> no, but I'm saying that people get these, and I says, You're in, how long have you been in London? How long have you been in business there? Uh, our company formed a little over a decade ago. Yeah, and you're in the same location. You've got four buyers in there all the time. and well, you've we got actually a, have 12 full-time employees, so we're, we're not a small shop. No. And But if someone brings something in, you'll take the time to go through and get the gold out, the silver out, and everything like that. But this case here, if I got my major beef, major beef here is that they will not give the price over the phone. Now, if someone calls up your shop and says, how much for 18, 5 grams of 18-karat gold, you're going to tell them. You have a price that's on your – you know you have a website? We have a uh, gold buyer. We actually have a pricing calculator on the front page, and if you click on the live buy sell, every second on every trade, saying exactly what we're paying, and not just what we're buying stuff for, but what we're selling stuff for too. Well, that so, yeah, so people can we, buy. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So we're, if someone, if someone, for this week only, we do this for a living. Yeah. Now uh, I'm I'm just a little bit curious about something because like, I've had a lot of people ask me questions about you know what do I do with my silver and everything like that. So if if someone brings in like sterling and a silver plate in a box, and it's all mixed up and everything like that. How are they going to know like what you're doing for them? Like, are you going to be separating it and like melt? Like, how does how does that work? Well, what we we have a couple uh, stations where we have uh, like semi-private and private offices. We'll we will sit down where people go through each of the items. Everything's kind of done right in front of everybody. Just they're dealing them. We will say this is silver, this is sterling, this is plate. Uh, these are eighty percent silver coins, whatever the items are, and we divide them all out. And we actually have right on our website we type those numbers in the in our website, and that's exactly what we offer for them. Okay, so there's no so, secrets. Uh, there, there, is a, there are some changes. There are some differences there also, because when you're looking at 80% coins, for example, if somebody brings in a dollar in 1965, it's probably worth 10, 11 bucks. But they bring in a 1948 silver dollar, that's a whole different ballgame, because that thing starts at 500 and go up to 20,000 plus, depending on the Yeah, no, no, I so understand all that, yeah. There's a commodity aspect to it, and we're actually, you know, we're, we're big commodity guys. We have a we're one of four private companies that aren't mines in the world that deal with them directly. And okay. we buy this stuff, and a lot of it we melt. But the, the good stuff, like the $48 and the other items that are worth a lot more money, those are there's a different market for that, which is the numismatic okay. market. Not no, we, we go into that a lot. But you don't take the stuff into a back room and then come back and say, well, your stuff's worth $19. You no, do everything in front of them, right? Yeah, we have X-ray spectrographs. Uh, we've got government-approved scales and everything done right in front of the client. We type in the website and say, this is what we're offering. you got government-approved scales, right? Yeah, you have to. 
No, no, okay. Now, that's what I'm saying. But you service also there, London, Chatham, Ingersoll. So other people who get these flyers. My main thing is I want people to get a second opinion. And I know that everything that I see on here, that stuff that's non-gold and silver, I know that I could beat their prices. And I even know with all the stuff, because I've seen people who've called me up and what they've given me the prices that these kind of places pay, that I can almost guarantee that I will pay more for the gold and silver myself. All the time. And they can actually check on your website and say what you're paying. If someone's going to pay them $10 a gram and you're paying $18 a gram, they should probably take the higher amount, right? Uh, well, at the end of the day, uh, it's, your, it's the money that you're walking home with. You want more than you came in with. So that's the idea. That's the idea. You should yeah. take the higher amount. It's a pretty simple concept. Yes. So next Saturday, Saturday, myself, I'm going to be down helping Daniel down at 475 Highbury Avenue. I want people, if they're going to go to these roadshow things, you can go there. We're not telling you not to go there. But I'm saying get a second opinion. Do not pressure them into you telling you. When they say they're giving you the highest price, you won't know that until you check with someone else. Well, it's pro- probably the, the, the way their business model works. It's simple. They put out a lot of glossy uh, flyers. It, it, they get every postal code in the city and, and the environs. They say, come on and get a price for it. And anybody who actually has shopped around will know that's not the best place to be selling the items. Yeah. There's a lot of people who shop around and don't get a second opinion, as you said. Yeah, you're breaking up a tiny bit. You're breaking up a tiny bit. But and, for- and the pro- problem that you're going to run into is you have uh, people that will go in and they'll sell something that's worth $30,000 for $10,000 because they don't know. Yeah. Even if they have five people walking out being embarrassed or ticked off and they got lowball for it, they just need one of those. Yeah. One of those people. To keep on doing it. Yeah, no, I understand. So, Why don't you give the where and when again, and we can take some calls. Yeah, oh yeah, no, the board is full. Sorry about that, but I want this was important. Okay, we're, it's 475. I'm going to be down there. We're giving away half a million dollars to the first 10 people to show up. It's going to be Zimbabwe money. You will not be able to spend it in Daniel's store. I guarantee this. His store is at it's 475 Highbury Avenue. And Daniel, what's the phone number there? In case someone wants to call, and you got to say it's slow, Yep. Because our, our our listeners are getting a pencil as we talk and a piece of paper. What's your phone number there in case someone from that local at London has to, wants, to, wants to get a hold of you? What's your number? Did we lose him? We lost Daniel. I will give it up later on the show. <laughs> All right, the most take important part. exciting conclusion of the phone number that will get you in touch. But that's nice. You're going to go on the road a little bit. Yeah, no, I'm looking forward to it. I like. I grew up in London, um, and I'm, I'm looking forward to going down there for the day and helping out people, meeting some old friends. And, and I'm, I've got two house calls already lined up for when I'm down there. Cause I says, I, I got time for people. I says, I'm going to go down and see them, okay? And for those wondering, you guys have a store. It's in Richmond yep. Hill, right on Young Street. The actual address is 10,341 Young Street in Richmond Hill. So that's on Young, just north of Major McKenzie. They have the store. It's Toronto Gold Silver. You'll see there, uh, you know, Paul and uh, Bogart's face right on the uh, the store sign there. And the address, again, is 10,341 Young Street. You can call the store during regular work week hours. The number is 905-737-GOLD. That's 905-737-4653. Our first caller of the afternoon is going to be Ron in Toronto. Ron, how are you? Very good. And what do you have? I was just, I was just thinking when you said the Zimbabwe money's worth nothing. I got a Ethiopian coin set. I don't know. Well, that, that might that be means. worth something. Yeah. Anyway, like what I'm calling about is I have a Bob. I was cleaning out the basement here, and I found this. From, this must be from the 1950s. It's a doll called Beautiful Betty. It's interchangeable. All its costumes or anything it says on the package, interchangeable with Maxie Barbie. Cindy. Yep. 
I wonder what that would be. We're still in the package. A couple of pieces are missing, though. Okay, now what, what years is it from? That I don't know. It doesn't say anything about a year on the package. Okay, I'm going to have this is something on the back. I, I know too much about this, but I have young girls, and she collected. My young daughter collected Barbie, yeah. and on um, the the backside of the Barbies, dated 1959, are the first ones that are out there. Okay, and they had a little registration mark on the bottom there. This has a registration. Yeah, I don't want one. this. Is, yeah, you got to make sure no one's in the room as you're doing this, yeah. or else you look funny. Yeah. But. On uh, and if they're still in the package, if even the package, if there's barcodes on, they're going to be newer. If they're older and they've got like dollar uh, sixty nine on it, then they're going to well, be from nineteen. Barcodes 19- on it. The barcodes on them. Yeah. Yeah, they're going to be from the eighties and nineties, so they're going to be more recent. They're still collectible. But they're usually in the five, ten, fifteen, twenty dollar area. Oh. Okay, they're still good. Yeah. People say, hey, people are still having kids and they still yeah. collect Barbies. Is there a market for the German World War Two German uh, money? I got a lot of coins. I can't find the bills, though. Oh, the bills are actually very interesting, but worth a little bit, a lot less. The yeah. coins are worth money. Um, some are silver. Um, depends on which ones you have, which years. Pre-war is better, um, yeah. but you can bring them down to the shop. Or you can send me a picture with all the dates, yeah. and we can get it because there is a book. Our book for German money is about three inches thick. Uh-huh. So we need more information. Now, there's some of us that has a swastika on it. And that. Yeah, now they, yeah. you can't sell those on eBay or anything like that, and that's where the base, some of the problem is. But oh, there are yeah. people still collect it because it's uh, it's part of German history, and yeah. people collect world coins. So uh, if you send me off the dates and some pictures, I'm sure I can help you, no problem. Okay, then. Thank you very much. Okay, thanks. Okay, bye. Our next caller is going to be Don, and he's calling from the Agent Court area. Don, how are you? Welcome to Consignment Heroes. You're live on Zoomer Radio. Thanks very much for having me. I've got uh, six postcards postmarked early 1900s. Okay. What do I do with them? Oh, okay. Uh, read the backs and see what private information you get off it. No. On these here, don't take the stamps off of them. The best postcards from this time period, now pre-19 World War II, I mean, sorry, World War One, is the high heyday of postcards. And that's I actually... You actually talk to people. Telephones cost a lot of money and stuff. And uh, not everyone had one, actually. So you, so you had... You don't the, have to talk to people for weeks. Yeah, you just... A lot of people just, hi, how are you? And that was it. Um, what a waste of a postcard. No, it was only a penny back then, too. So... They're two cents, one cent and two cents. One right? cent and two cent. Now, what happens is on the other side is what you want. You want photos. You want photos of Main Street, Upper Boot, Manitoba. You want uh, you don't want downtown Niagara Falls. You don't want New York City. You want uh, country life. You want uh, um, as I put on, on postcards. You don't want rivers. You don't want mountains. You don't want lakes. You want scenes. You want buildings. You want places. You want cars. You want people. That's what you want. The ones that are saying Happy Merry Christmas or uh, Happy New Year are not very good either. Oh, that's what I got. Okay, sorry. They're about a dollar a piece. Uh, if it's a special one, if it's a Santa, certain some people collect different Santas. But then I got to see the pictures There's of them. There's just okay. one Santa. No, there are many different versions of Santa. Okay. Okay, we'll go into that history one other time. But, yeah, sorry, but they're only worth a couple dollars, unless you got a rare Santa or, um, yeah, sorry. Two, two of them have been to Finland and back. Now, sometimes the postmarks <laughs> on the back, if it's from China, wait a minute, no, from certain countries, not Europe, but if you have a certain country like China or something that wasn't really, uh, that kept away from the outside world at that time, uh, Chinese postcards with Chinese postmarks on the back are worth money. 
India, same thing. Because it was more of a case of a European and North American thing rather than South America or the Far East, okay? Well, these are just Canadian postmarks. Yeah, no. Sorry, you failed in every... <laughs> Sorry about your luck here. <laughs> I got through to you, never mind that. Yeah, no, no, the board filled up. I'm sorry I went on about that thing about getting your second. It's very important for me to get people to tell people to get second opinions on what their stuff's worth. How long would it take for a postcard to get from, like, here to India? Like Back, back then? then? Back then. Four weeks. It went by Four It went, went by, by ocean trip. What is it, pigeon bringing it over there? No, that was a ship. It went, everything went by ship. They didn't cross the Atlantic by air until, like, 1929. When did Lindbergh cross the Atlantic, Ben? Uh-oh. Uh, I don't know. Long well, time ago. Yeah, you know everything. Okay, uh, sorry. I, wanna, I, I don't want to guess wrong. 1920-something, I don't know. <laughs> yes. We'll do it in the break. We'll do it in the uh, break. Okay. Caller, sorry about that. It's going to be Marilyn. Marilyn, how are you? I'm good. How are you? And what do I, you have? Um, it's a coin collection. I don't know how good it is, but I have some coins that go back to the early 1800s. I have, for example, one coin that says... Um, commercial change, 1820 half penny token, Upper Canada. Good. Okay. And I have one that says 1854 Bank of Upper Canada, one half penny bank token. Okay. Now, and, then I, and I have a number from the late 1800s and into the 1900s, and then also the silver coin prior to 1968 when it wasn't as much silver, I guess. Yeah, no, we buy all that, but your tokens are interesting. And there are a couple of things about them. Back then, let's say 1820, 1830, a soldier's pay for the day was one penny. One of those pop, double what wow. you have there, okay? And so that would buy him a beer at the end of the night and lodging. And they actually counterfeited some of the coins that you have, some of those tokens, okay? And they call them blacksmiths, without getting into too much details. And some of those blacksmiths' counterfeits are worth a lot of money today, where the guy with the blacksmith take a piece of copper, hammer the heck out of it, make it kind of look like a coin, and try and bring it to the local tavern and get drunk. This actually happened. Oh, that's so, even they hustled back then, too. They were hustling. But, <laughs> <laughs> so, but my point, but some of your early tokens, there was a lack of money over here, and that's a, a lack of coins. England wanted to just take all the furs back, and they would send them over English goods rather than send over here money. But we had to have some money, and most of it was copper. We have some silver money from back then. That's worth a lot because there was very little of it over here. And they actually made some of the money they had on playing cards. They would make script. They would write the name of how much you owed on the back of a playing card. Oh. So some people have that, and those are worth a lot of money. Cause, but you got to remember, back then, it was a whole different time than now. Isn't that what currency is about, though? It says promise to pay a certain Promise amount. to pay. Yeah. That's and, what currency is, though. Yeah. So, and then I have one that, but unfortunately, I guess because someone explained it to me, they would there's a there's a small hole in the coin, and they would either use it as a bracelet or a necklace. But it's kind of interesting because it um, it's a Victoria ten cent coin, and on the front it says ten cents Hong Kong. And oh, okay, yeah. Back it says Victoria, but I just wondered if any of this was worth more than just most. Your copper's worth better. And your silver will be worth at least the silver. It's worth bringing in. You don't have to sell to me. You can bring it in, and I'll tell you what it's worth. I don't mind doing that. Way to sell yourself. 
Oh, okay. Good no, selling I didn't know whether, because I tried to summarize it as, as best I can, and I didn't know whether if I even emailed it to you, if you or do you physically need to, to see it? Cause it's better if I physically see it. Now, I'm going to be okay. down. I'm in my shop a lot of the time. You can call me at four, uh, 905-737-4653. But I have two other people there who are very well-versed in coins. It's something we do second nature. Or, like I say, I'm on a road trip next week to London, Ontario, and I'll be stopping off at spots in between. How's that? Okay, and may I just ask you one more yep. quick question? Um, uh, Big Band Records, my father had a collection. There's 78s and uh, 33s, and I just wondered if they are worth anything. They're worth something, but not much. You're not going to be, you can plan a vacation to the local 7 um, Eleven. Okay. Wow. <laughs> That's, Depends how many you have. You sorry. I don't hear that very often. No, right, I'm listen, just, thank they're you for not, your phone call. sorry about that. Okay. Guys, we're going to take a quick break. You're listening to Consignment Heroes on Zoomer Radio. We are live taking your phone calls. If you have a rare or interesting item or just a collection, maybe you're oh, curious about its value. Uh, our number is 416-360-0740. That's 416-360-0740. By the way, Lindbergh made the flight in 1927, New York to Paris. We'll be right back. Watching Sam at work, you're reminded of mom's home cooking. Make it from scratch, never from a box. Mom would always say that. Having cabinets built by new generation is a lot like that. Because when you love what you do as much as Sam does, and you're as good at it as Sam is... Would you serve your family prefab? New Generation Kitchens and Bathrooms of Guelph. Made with love. From scratch. Call 519-836-8300 and meet Sam at his family-run factory. Estates have a sentimental value and a real value. Which one do you think sells? An estate appraisal by Toronto Gold, Silver and Coins is valued for the honesty and experience of Paul and Bogart, who always arrive with three options. They'll buy it from you, sell it for you, or tell you what the estate is worth. And their live online auction, held every month, is a great way to sell on consignment. Need an estate appraised? There's really only one choice. Call 905-737-GOLD. Welcome back to Consignment Heroes on Zoomer Radio. We are live. Our phone number is 416-360-0740. Paul Kenny and Bogart Kenny, you know them both from Storage Wars Canada and Northern Treasures. They have found fame and fortune dealing in other people's stuff, specifically identifying value that most people overlook. They do have a store. It's in Richmond Hill. You can visit during the regular working week, and the address is 10,341 Young Street. That's 10,341 Young Street in Richmond Hill, just north of Major McKenzie. You can call the store as well, 905-737-GOLD. That's 905-737-4653. Our next caller is Roseanne. Roseanne, how are you? I'm fine. And what do you have? I have a grandfather clock. It was brought over from Ireland, I think Northern Ireland, in the 1800s. Okay. It has a picture of a lady uh, holding a rake. It says on it, Robert Neal and Belfast. I'd be Northern Ireland. I'm sorry, how do you spell Robert who? It says Rob it says R O B T dot Neil N E I L L. So I'm presuming that could be the person that made it. Yeah. I don't know. That would have to take a little bit of work on figuring out. Now, but in a, as a general thing, grandfather clocks, which are very popular in the seventies, eighties, are not so much now. Um because a lot of, do you have a large one or is it or is it's it a small one? It's about eight feet tall. Yeah, it doesn't fit in a lot of condos. It dominates the room. 
It doesn't fit in love elevators to get into the condo, and that's part of the problem. It was, they're made more for the McMansions, as I call them, the big, you know, palatial homes up in uh, Vaughan and stuff like that. Right. Um, they still, if it's a good maker like this, some can be several thousands of dollars. You have to be very, very careful in moving them. Okay, because it'll cost that much to repair them if you break them. Right. Okay. Um, best, that's something you have to call me at the store tomorrow. Sorry on that, because that is, that's not going to be an item that's going to be on, uh, on the net. I'm going to have to go into my books and research it that way. Okay. But you can call me there, and I will have an answer for you next but, week. What about an estimated price on one, something like that? Uh, if it's working, and now is it? It, it is working. And is it got, is all the figure, is uh, single hand or double hand? Double hand. Double hand. And there's a second hand. There's a dial that doesn't move. I don't know what that dial's for, but it doesn't move. And any pictures on the dial or just flat white? Um, there's a picture of a woman above the, the clock itself, and there's like shells painted around it. Oh, okay. No, this is nice That's then. As, as, usually these go between $1,000 and $2,000. They used to go five and six thousand dollars. This oh, yeah. is the difference, okay? Right. And and at six thousand dollars used to sell right away. It would, it would be the pride of the auction. Uh, you know what I mean? Right. And now people are afraid of moving them and stuff like that, They're and crazy. because they have to fix them, and because of the advent of the iPhone, and most people don't need watches and clocks anymore. Oh right. <laughs> that's part of yeah. it. That's part of the story. <laughs> but it's nice to hand down. But it's something you want to get valued because if you're going to hand it, if you're going to sell it or hand it down to your kids, they should know the value of it. Right. Okay. Yeah, well, I have four, but I don't know if any of them want it. Oh, oh I you said four clocks. I'm like, No, oh my no, God. four children. What do you do with those clocks? <laughs> One in each room of the house. I don't house. know if any of them want the clock. That's the problem. They, they don't want to be um, burdened with well, it. They all or, want money, so you know what you want can money. potentially do with it, yes. Right. And sell it and divide. divide. Money always divides by four. How's that? Right. My husband says we should take it to Boston where all the Irish are and sell it to them. <laughs> There's Not lots of Irish up here. Yeah. <laughs> very yeah. good. Thank you very much. Okay, our next caller. That was Roseanne, by the way, from Toronto. Thank you for your phone call. And we are live on Zoomer Radio. This is Consignment Heroes. Our next caller is Bale from Sunderland? Yes, it Bale? is. How are you today? Hi. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Um, we um, have a set of ca- uh, a Canadian Olympic coins from 1976. Okay. And they're all seven sets in a big box. Yep. Okay, I was just wondering how much it would be worth. $534. I think I bought one yesterday. Really? No, no, that's... Oh. Yeah, okay, I could pay you less if you want me to. This sounds no, like you don't want okay. that much. I have the original receipts here, $53.50, what they paid for them. Yeah. The series what, one through seven. What you have there exactly, if you have the gold coin that comes with it, what you have there is 30.24 ounces of silver. If you okay. have all seven, every day I get up, I thank God for uh, Franklin Mint and the Olympics because they made so much right. product out of silver. They are not rare, they okay. are not, and, but they are not even pure silver. They're 925 sterling silver, but there is 30.24 ounces. So we buy it by that, and we melt it 10 seconds after we buy it. Really? <laughs> Sorry. Um, I, no, that's okay. I do have some Canadian dollars, too, that, um, from 1975 and 76 from the Mint as oh. well. Now, if they're 50%, if they're in black packages, they are 50% silver. If they're in blue packages, they're, blue. they're nickel dollars. Well, nickel dollars. sorry about your luck here. They're worth okay. a dollar and a quarter. A dollar? That's it, eh? 
Okay. okay. Well, they don't That's, have any silver content. There's They're nothing not in them to make them valuable. Nothing in, yeah. even in a 1976 whole collection set from the Royal Canadian no, Mint. Oh, yeah. We talk about this all the. Oh, yeah. sorry. What is it? That's it's a double a dollar set. 76. Yeah, the yeah. double dollar set. That's worth five dollars. It's worth five dollars. Oh my gosh, my luck has really gone down today. <laughs> Wait a minute, I just told you $500 for the silver coins. Yeah, that's good, that's good. Okay, we'll probably bring them in. Thank yeah, you. And just for everyone listening, the year... a whole box of stuff, a whole box full of money. So we'll probably bring them in and see what you think. Bring them on in. I'm there. Bring them on in? Yes. Well, thank you for your time today. Thank so, you. So yeah, the store is located at 10,341 Young Street. That's 10,341 Young Street. And although it seems like we talk about it every week, but um, generally the silver content was stripped out of our currency after 1967. If you can talk just yeah. a second about that, Paul. Yeah, in 1967, they're both do the same thing with bills. In 1967, they made half, it used to be all our silver, quarters, halves, and dollars are all 80% silver. Then they went to 50% silver in the dimes and quarters. The next year, they only the dimes and quarters in 1968, half are silver, half are not. You can test that by putting a magnet on them. They took all the money out of money. That's the best way to put it here. Okay, oh, so hold on. Put a, put a magnet on them, and what will you find if they're prior to 1967? No, nothing will happen. Yeah, so you won't pick them up. But if it's steel, it will be magnetized. Okay, so let me get this straight. So she said that she had a receipt for the $53 for what, what those coins. And then she made, what, a 1,000% markup in, what, 40 years? Yeah. Yeah. So that's pretty good. Now, yeah. if you have, after, I know you just said 76. After about 1977, 78, what you'll have is some of your double dollar sets. They will be, one of the coins in there is going to be silver. And it's hard to tell the difference. We can. If you, it's like when I was talking about my friend Daniel. If you bring the stuff into us, we will tell you what is silver and what is not silver, what is valuable and what is not valuable. And a lot of times we'll say, here, give this to your kids as a conversation piece. You know, keep it. We, we actually give stuff back to people. And we just say, here, this is what you should be doing. This It has not, not very much value. But the silver stuff, sorry, but we're going to melt it. But we will give you a fair price for it. That's the best way to put it. Okay. Our next caller is Glenn from Mississauga, and he's got a number of items. Glenn, how are you? Oh, good. How are you guys? Not bad. Where do you want to start? Uh, I sent a couple coins here. I got many coins here uh, left over from my dad's late aunt. I got a couple coins. Example here, 1918 penny, um, Canada penny with Queen Victoria on the back. No, 1918 could not have Queen Victoria on the back. She died in 1901. Oh, Queen Queen Victoria? Queen Victoria died in 1901. They made a big, big deal Maybe about Elizabeth, it. Elizabeth, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it would have been newsworthy, yeah. <laughs> 18, 1871, Prince Edward Island, one cent. On one oh, no, that'll have Queen Victoria on the back. 1871 will have Queen Victoria on the back. Your 1918 will have uh, a king on the back. Oh, that's right. Sorry. Okay. Now, the, those. Yep. your, uh, Vic, your um, 1871's not worth that much more, unless it's great shape than, than your uh, 1918. 1918's worth $2, 3 even okay. if it's in great good condition. And your uh, Prince Edward Island one, because uh, there's a lot of them were saved, they go for 4 5 6 $7, and that's it. Oh, okay. It's okay. nice history, though. It's a nice coin, yeah. and, you know, at least okay. if you lose it, you're not losing a lot. How's that? For sure. And I also have um, a couple binders full of uh, postcards of uh, trains, American trains mainly, Santa Fe and all these from like the 50s and 60s. Yeah, there'll be hand-colored lithographs usually, and yeah. they're worth 2 to $3 each. But as a collection, sometimes they'll get more, okay? okay. Um, 
if you've got the now what's funny it's the trains are not as popular as the train stations if you've got a train station in Lucan Ontario uh, with a uh, black and white photo of it that can go for fifty seventy five dollars okay. Oh, okay. I'll but, check those. Can, can I throw one more out quick? Sure. Okay, I got a bunch of, a ton of um, Alexander Graham Bell envelopes with, uh, like, like, it look, look, looks like it was a commemorative issue. I got many of those, like, with Alexander Graham Bell. Like, I think it was, like, from the 60s or 70s. I got First day cover? Yeah, I don't think they were even touched. No, no, but they were they stamped and then put, they would have made a lot of them up and then you were supposed to put a, the post office wanted to send you a stamp that you would have paid money for and then you would have mailed the envelope to yourself so that you could have a first day cover. Another way where the government likes to take our, take money from us. Yeah, they were stamped. Okay. But actually, I should go on. I know we have callers on the phone there, but everyone this week saw where Trudeau said they're going to demonetize our $1,000 bills, our $1 bills and our $2 bills. I have to put it out there, and you can see us on London this week coming up. Do not take these, these bills to the bank. If you have them in your safety deposit box, bring them to a coin dealer like me or to my London Gold Buyer and find out if there's any good ones in there before you take them to the bank. Okay? Wait, what? They said they're going to demonetize those? Yeah. They're, Why? Why? I don't know. The government needed something to fill in a line in the They in want the to budget. dismiss the currency. They want to dismiss it altogether. They have to stop bothering with it, right? Yeah. Just the same way we lost our penny. Soon the cheap, we'll just have $100 bills left or something, and that'll be the price of everything. Oh, yeah. so you won't be able to even use it? No. Now, this is what it they're trying It's not going to be considered legal tender anymore. Yeah, you can't bring it to a, a metro and, and buy your food with a $1,000 okay, bill. Okay, I don't think that anyone working at a metro is going to give you change for a $1,000 bill. But my, okay, sometimes it's hard to get through to you. <laughs> so, so hold on, you can bring it to the bank. You, yes, but um, before you bring it to the bank, because some of them actually have collectability, because you've saved it all this time, the banks are getting, I got, we bought four lots yesterday. People said, can you go through these, Paul, before I take them to the bank? And I gave them half the money back, said, these are not worth anything. The, the condition's not good. Take them to the bank. These are, I'm going to pay you more than the bank will pay you. And this, but your bills are still good. You do not have to take them to the bank. Okay, that's what I want to say. We can go on to the next caller now, but I just want to make that point. Yeah, and in the other, you know, if there's a million $1 bills anymore, they won't be exchangeable past a certain date. Yeah. That, that's the whole point. They, they're not going to take that dollar and put it in your checking account and honor it anymore. It'll be just be dead money. The same way you guys have Zimbabwe currency yeah. that's basically defunct now. Same idea. No one's going to give you any money other than collector value for it. Um, yeah. Our next caller is going to be Michelle, and Michelle is calling from Georgetown. Michelle, how are you? Welcome to Zoomer Radio. Hi, good afternoon. What um, do you have? Um, I just got approval from my daughter who's getting ready for university to get rid of some of her stuff. Okay. I hear Polly Pockets are worth money. Do you, like, is there something specific that the collectors are looking for? Okay. No? I'm, Bogart, this I'm, might be in your... This, this is more your you, Bogart. Polly Pockets. Wait a minute, no, that was a mean swipe Hold there, on. Ben. I don't think Bogart's a Polly Pocket person. No, 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 no. no, I, that, no I'm just saying he's more in, like, collectibles after collectible 1990. Yeah. No, yeah. no, these are things um, from my oldest daughters that have passed down. Yeah. So yeah. they're um, like from the 80s. 90s? The 80s. Like when Polly Pockets first came out in the late 80s. Okay. Yeah. They're actually, I'm surprised. I'm, you can understand how I'm not a Polly Pocket. I'm not going to lie. I was interested in Polly Pocket. Those things were cool. It was like you could fit in your pocket and you can play with them. Yeah. Oh. They're like micro machines <laughs> like, for guys. Am I yeah. right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, exactly. 
So the stuff that you per- that you purchased when they first came out may be worth something. The newer no. stuff, when they shrunk them, not so much. Everything seems to be worth something. Okay. I'm looking at it right now, and I'm actually amazed. Um, surprise time for me. I know a lot of the pieces were easily lost. Now, this would be something we have Silent D, who works in my office, uh, on listing. This would be something you probably co-signed to us. We might buy it, but we might do it on consignment as well because not knowing exact prices, that way we try and get the highest price for you on it. Okay. Because okay. here's a vintage lot going for $175. I, I, I was shocked when I heard about it, but so, so much, right? It's like it Transformers. Is. Yeah, exactly. The original. They're miniature dollhouses and stuff like that, but they fit in the size of your hand. Yeah. Well, I got I got approval to get rid of them, so I'm going to sort things out, and then I'll give you a ring in Richmond Hill store yes. and find out what to do. Yeah, no, no. This, the, wait a minute. I'm in shock. Mattel, Polly Pocket, Flower, Country, Toy, Rare, unopened, $1,608. I, I know. Yeah, that, Holy that's unopened cow. material. Does she, did you, guys, do you have any unopened still in the not package unopened, stuff? Not unopened. Not unopened. Yeah, that's a totally different ballgame. I, I, um, I didn't know, but um, from what I'm saying, I'm going to sort out the place sets yep. and everything uh, for one last time because I've done it so many times with my girls. I'll sort it out, and we'll make an appointment to come down. Two other quick things. Yep. Um, Lunch boxes. Yes. um, A decorative um, lunch box from the 70s. Um, It has um, Tweety Bird on it. Well, I need a lunch box. No, no, no. Is it metal or plastic? Metal. Okay, Tweety Bird. Do you have the the thermos or not? No, just the can. Yeah, so seventies. So it's gonna be about. It's gonna be twenty twenty five dollars. Okay, and the as other long as it's not banged up. Wait, what if you had a thermos? No, the um, the lunch can is not banged up because it was a decor item that we purchased at a garage sale. That somebody else's kid got rid of all this stuff, and my daughter, when she was little, liked it. So do all these kids know they're getting robbed? No. Okay. Yeah. Hey, the you buy things you like. Thing, what are you gonna do? Care Bear Cousins. A um, bed tray. Okay. Um, a lot of this stuff, you're just about 30 or 40 years okay. too soon selling it. Okay. Like, it, you're yeah. not going to get that sort of, wow, yes, it's there, you know, one of the Care Bear cousins sold for $1,200. That one will be in the box and, you know, yeah. never used and it'll yeah. have a third eye or something like that. Okay. But generally, this stuff is just 90s collectibles. You can find them at your average garage sale for empty nesters right now. Yeah. Okay. I'll tell her that then. Okay. Thanks so yeah, much. Hang on to it for half a century. Yeah. <laughs> okay. We'll, we'll work on the Polly Pockets with you when we get it sorted out. She didn't buy any okay. Transformers, did her? That's from the same time period. No, they're um, girls. Okay. Uh, no, you know. Okay. That stuff went um, MIA a long time ago. Okay, thank you. <laughs> All right, thank you very much for the phone call. You're listening to Consignment Heroes on Zoomer Radio. We are live taking your calls. If you have an old heirloom or statue or figurine or gold and silver, you're curious about what it would sell for right now in today's market. We have two experts. All uh, their knowledge is about stuff. And they found fame and fortune dealing in other people's stuff, specifically identifying value that most people uh, overlook. So you can call in right now, 416-360-0740. That's 416 or during the working week, you can go to their store. Their store is located at 10,341 Young Street. That's 10341 Young Street in Richmond Hill, right on Young Street, north of Major McKenzie. The store's phone number is 905-737-GOLD. That's 905-737-4653. 
We'll be right back. Southworks Antiques, one of Canada's best antique malls, just got better by moving to a better location. Across the Grand River in Cambridge at 73 Water Street proudly stands the new Southworks Antiques. 25,000 square feet of antiques and nostalgia with an intriguing history for sale by over 100 vendors. Visit southworksantiques.com for directions. Then park free and check it out. It's a new beginning for a lot of old stuff at Southworks Antiques in Cambridge. Open every day of the year. Your collection of old coins is worth exactly what someone is willing to pay for it. The highest paid prices for old silver coins and gold jewelry are at Toronto Gold, Silver and Coins. So the only number you should have in your head is this one. 905-737-GOLD. Toronto Gold, Silver and Coins buys and sells. So what does a bar of bullion go for these days? Wrong question. What's it going for right now? For up-to-the-minute prices, call 905-737-GOLD. Welcome back to Consignment Heroes. Our phone number here at the station is 416-360-0740. That's 416-360-0740. Our next caller is going to be... Uh, is it going to be Kay in Guelph? Kay, are you there? Yes, I am. Welcome to the show. How are you? Thank you. Fine. Thank you. And I was wondering, have? my daughter has some beer and wine coupons from 1943. Would they be worth anything? Ah, beer and wine coupons. Were they out of a newspaper or a flyer? No, or? you had to have them uh, to buy beer and wine. Ration. Ration, ration. tickets. Oh, yeah. Yeah, those would be worth something. Um, like a carnival or something? Fight. The ration books for meat and stuff like that go usually go for 5 to $10, and people buy them as curiosity items. Oh. But at the end of the war, there was a lot of them around. Because the wine and beer might have been uh, used up. So you can't bring this to the LCBO and No, redeem. no. Okay. You know what I got yesterday? Someone brought in a bottle of booze, an 18-year-old scotch, that was from bottled in 1958. Oh, for heaven's sake. <laughs> yeah. No, but it doesn't get any older, but it's still kind of a cool item that was bottled in 1958. Yes. You know, but no, this is a case of just because something's old doesn't mean it's valuable, but it's kind of curiosity that we had rationing back then. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the kids... Bogart, do you know what rationing is? No idea. Rationing is when the government... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Well, no, people who live through rationing said you can only have one pound of butter for the week Mm -hmm. or a half a pound. (laughs) So hold on, you got limited to your food? Yes. Rationing, during the war, there were shortages all over the place. That's the reason that the nickel went from being made out of nickel to tombak because there was metals being rationed for the war effort, Food was being rationed. Everything was being rationed. So that's why everyone was so skinny back then. Okay, sorry. Yeah, really. (laughs) Okay, that's great. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your phone call. Our next phone call will be from Patrick, and Patrick is calling from Acton. Patrick, how are you? Pretty good. How are you doing? Good. Not bad. What do you have? Well, I have something, um, a very large pair of old speakers. Okay. Who made them? Can you be more specific? (laughs) All are both... I'd say 1959, 1960 vintage, made okay. by Electric Voice, and uh, they were the Patrician 700 series. Mm-hmm. They're about Do they five work? feet tall, uh, you know, and very heavy, and they sound fantastic. I'm just wondering, um, you know, what's something like that worth? I picked them up about, well, not quite a year ago, and uh, yeah, this would be more pro around. equipment, isn't it? This, uh, this is pro equipment. Professional equipment. This would be for bands and stuff. Well, no. These are actually uh, for home use. 
they, they're like kind of a fine furniture style, you know, like... Uh, yeah, I was going to say, is they, they're in a cabinet then? Yeah, yeah, they're in a, a big corner cabinet, and um, you know, like I think the wood is mahogany, uh, you know, like seemed like hand-rubbed, I guess, like... Um, uh, they, they look pretty impressive, actually. You used to work at a speaker store. How can you not know? But no, because no, we only handled this is this is nice stuff. So hold on, what he's saying, this is nice stuff. What he has? Yeah, yeah. No, this is prof- um, electric voice was um, uh, professional. Well, they made professional. Yeah, they did equipment. everything though. They did do yeah. home equipment as well though. I think they yeah, crossed the, over into it. The answer is you're going to have to find a very specialized buyer for something like that. Like for example, I always point out at the Zoomerplex we have a television museum. Yeah. Sometimes the best place for something like this is to have it end up there, you know, donated or get a write off or whatever the case is. But if if you look long enough online, somebody probably will be looking for something like this. But uh, ultimately, I, it's I not going to have a. Um, I would expect maybe eBay, but I, like I don't want to get rid of them because you know. I would buy them. I would just sounding speakers. So I, never I was going to say I would buy these from you. I'm thinking about these. These are the electronic. These are nice speakers. Um, right, but you're going to have to get more details. Yeah. This is uh, two speakers in one cabinet. What year were they made? What were the original purpose for them? So you know, just because yeah. there's such, you might have tweeter speakers. Well, Electric well, voice made it everything. Know. I like if you if you if you take a look at the way they're built, it's actually a four-way system, and uh, yeah. you won't believe this, but the woofer is thirty inches. Yeah, no, thirty inch there. woofer. No, no, I believe it. Yeah, they had directional speakers inside cabinets back yeah. in the fifties. That's and not that unusual. Tweeter, um, like a, a mid-range horn, and then another twelve-inch driver in it. So they're they're very um, complex, basically. You know, it's, uh, Let's put it this way: they're probably worth a thousand to fifteen hundred dollars. But you would not be able to replace the same sound for well under three or four thousand dollars. Yeah. So it's worth keeping them. Sound good. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, And you have to make sure that it hasn't had replacement parts or something like that. That will affect its value. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, the short the short answer is unless we have the specific model number, it's going to be too difficult to look up. But whatever somebody will pay. But obviously, there's value there, especially if they're still working and all original. That'll be the other thing. They're working for sure. Yeah. Depends how efficient they are too. Thank you very much for the phone call. And, oh, and what? And oh, I, do you no, have no of speakers ending up at your place? By the way, yeah, I like no speakers. They sell the something like this would be able to sell as a prop or uh, or being used. I'm thinking of it. These would be excellent speakers, you know. But then as soon as he says he doesn't want to sell them, he says this doesn't help me. No, <laughs> but Fair they're enough. probably okay. Thank We're going to go to our next caller, who is going to be um, Stephen, and he's calling from the Parkdale area. Stephen, how are you? All right, how are you guys? Not bad. What do you have? I have a couple of different sets of uh, playing cards. Okay. Uh, one was issued by the American government uh, during the Iraq War with the uh, guys, uh, what the, uh, who they wanted to knock off. Yeah, yeah, the oh. Ace of Spades is Saddam Hussein. We all know that. So, But you have to be very careful. Do you have government-issued ones or repops? Because I think even I, as a kid, had two or three sets of those. I'm pretty sure they're government-issued. Oh. Uh, so you got it from a soldier? Yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, because during the... Okay, we know that uh, the trading card companies, during the Iraq War, they made more trading cards about that war than any other war. World War Two, World War One, any other war. They just went... The government was almost behind all the trading card companies. A real set would probably sell for about $500 if you had one. Okay. But and how about... Is it, uh, I have from the Coca-Cola company a couple of Santa Claus uh, cards... 
Oh, from the 1990s? Uh, I said, that makes me indicate that the other ones might be... Uh, the Coca-Cola cards are about $5 a set. $5. A guy, I had a gentleman yesterday who had some great comics, and they had a box of cards, one foot by two feet by two feet. The whole box was worth maybe $100. Because 1990s, early 90s is... They were making cards as long as they made, ran as long as they didn't run out of ink and paper. They kept on making these cards. Okay. They're not. There's no shortage of them. That's the best way to put it. Okay, and uh, stamps. I have like I, I never uh, specialized. I just had stamps wherever I could get them from. So I have. That's accumulation. From Serbia, uh, Czechoslovakia when it was uh, uh, well. Yep. Before World War One type of thing. Yeah, you got to bring stamps into our store. We have an expert in the store for stamps, and it's such a wide area. We need a true expert. Like I say, I don't know everything, but I know people who do know everything, and he's one of my guys. You love buying stamps. No, I don't. I love buying coins, gold, silver, comics, everything else. I'll buy anything if it has the right price. Stuff I don't like, I just pay less for. And stamps. Okay. <laughs> Next caller. <laughs> Hello? Okay, well, uh, we're going to go to, uh, oh, speaking of stamps, we got uh, Judy in Barrie. Hi, Judy. Hi, how are you? What do you got? Well, um, my mom passed away a couple of years ago, and she had been collecting stamps from when she was a little girl, so back from about 1925 on. Okay. And she has quite an extensive collection, um, including a couple of Penny Blacks, and Ooh. she's been collecting worldwide stamps. She was a collector, not an accumulator. That would be the way That's to put right. it. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> that kind of a collection I'd be interested in. You can bring it in, but the same goes to her expert. Penny blacks are easy, even I can do those. But uh, the, if she's that detailed and has that kind of a collection that has those, she probably has some other stamps as well. So this right. is something worth evaluating and getting a couple different evaluations on. Now, did she collect postcards or just the stamps? Just the stamps. Okay. Yeah, and it, uh, I should mention this because a lot of people don't even think about it. They tell me about the stamps because we talk about them, the coins. But people who have children's illustrated books from before World War II are worth right. money too. Even if they're drawn on? Even if they're drawn on. The illustrated books, uh, uh, some of the textbooks for any of the, uh, the Grimm's fairy tales, anything that's heavily illustrated – that those books can have value. And I keep on forgetting. I always I look in, in my shop every week. I say, I forgot to say this on the weekend, that illustrated books are like pre-comic books. Comics started about 1939, but they had a big amount of them. But before that, we still had kids' books, and we had books for that were illustrated, and those things can be worth yeah, money. But, okay, what possible value could you get out of that? They're, no, they're worth money. Some of them are, they we're calling the platinum area. Some of those books are worth thousands of dollars. Thousands of dollars? Yes. Okay. okay. keep all mine from my childhood. That's for Fair sure. enough. Uh, our next caller is Jenna. Jenna is calling from Low Bank. Jenna, how are you? I'm fine, thank you. And what do you have? I have an original Yoda still in the package from the 1970s. Now, is it 77 or 79? Mm. Uh... Well, it was one of the originals, so... No, 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 that, that, the difference is potentially tens of thousands of dollars, yeah. so you have to know that. So yeah. I, I don't. I know that um, my son was young, and by mistake, I bought two for Christmas. Okay. So one was kept. Okay, so some of the original seven. Yodas, some of the original Yodas sell for five yeah. bucks, so yeah. it, you have to find out. Okay. Yeah. 
Now, this one, I'll give you an idea. If you've got the black, your 1977, uh, does $850 crank you? Is it something you'd like to sell for $850? (laughs) Now, but... I I paid $299 for it. So that would be a good profit. But now here's the the caveat here is that it has to be the right one because they made several different ones. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say even original ones from the (laughs) 70s, sometimes they sell as low as $5 just because it was a very, very popular toy and even still in the box. It's just a matter of there's more sellers than buyers. Yeah, yeah. So I'd love to see it, but you know the story about that. Uh, George Lucas, they didn't even want the, the merchandising rights. He got that for nothing. He got that for nothing for yeah, Star but Wars. but toys then were like... Pfft, no, didn't... but what happened was the movie was... Such, they ordered the toys for, and with the, with the movie coming out, but they didn't order nearly enough. So the problem was that they sold out right away. Everyone opened them. There was no... Uh, what happens is the reason sometimes we get... Uh, these stuff still in the packages because there's what are called remainders at the end of the season where nobody bought it and the store sells them off really cheap and some jobber comes and buys them. Mm-hmm. But in this case here, everything was stripped off the shelves. The kids are saying, I want it open immediately because no one even thought about keeping them closed at that time. And that's why this stuff is very, very rare. Okay. That if she's got the first one or two series. But like Ben says, if it's out of the pack, it's been played with, and, and his head's half off. No, 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 no. I'm saying even yeah. in the pack, the original Yodas, yeah. especially there's one like the Dagobah scene one. Like You're talking about five, ten bucks. It's yeah. not hundreds yeah. of dollars. Yeah, these, these were not rare to come by, and they were collectibles. So a lot of people kept them in the box and everything. Yeah. But, anyway, you might get lucky. Uh, any final thoughts before we wrap up the show? Come in, well, come to my shop. If you're in the, the Toronto, Oakville, Hamilton, um, Vaughan area, come to our shop to see us about gold and silver. We know that we, if you want to buy it or sell it, and we also buy the silver plate. But this week, like I say, I'm going to be down at, uh, in London at um, London Gold Buyer. On Saturday, and you can come and see me, come and see them, get the second opinion. Their phone number there is 519-457-4653. Because we didn't say that. That's when Daniel got cut off there. But I'm going to be down there, and like I said, at least allow us to give you a second opinion on some stuff. And he's very fair. I've, I've been dealing with him for a long time. Or... See me in my shop. I'm in my shop all the time. This is especially vent me going down there. Okay? Well, you can just come by and say hi, too. Like, yeah, and I'm giving away half a million dollars signed by me and Bogart. Be sure you get your second opinion, okay? That's what's important here. And you can call or visit your store in Richmond Hill anytime. The address is 10,341 Young Street. That's 10,341 Young Street in Richmond Hill. You can call the store during the regular work week week hours, 905-737-GOLD. That's 905-737-4653. Special thanks to Sebastian Hearn. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.